0: Just a moment. Just a moment. Welcome to the Future Law Podcast. Exploring where the law has been. Hey Siri, take yourself.
1: And where it's going.
0: Oh, good afternoon. From
1: the brilliant. My
0: name is Sophia, and I am the latest and greatest robot.
1: To the scary.
0: Just what do you think you're doing, Dave?
1: And everything in between. Please welcome your very real and very human host, Dan Hunter. Welcome, you're listening to the Future Law Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hunter, and today I'm joined by Carl White, the CEO of CX in Law. Welcome, Carl. Thanks for having me, Dan. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you in. So CX in Law is the name of the company. Uh, what do you do? And tell us a little bit about the journey that's got you to this point.
0: Okay. Well, CX in Law helps law firms to gain some commercial advantage through a focus on their client's legal experience. The uh, CX is... CX stands for right? customer experience fine, or client experience. Got it. Uh, semantics there that yeah. uh, is often quite interesting to explore. But um that's essentially what we do. It's turning clients into into promoters, um, and we do that in several ways. Of course, through developing service culture of a law firm, um, developing new client skills, I would say, um, and also developing law firms' capabilities around you know innovating the client's experience um, through, throughout their their journey that they undertake with the firm.
1: So tell me, how did you uh, end up here? I'm noticing the accent. Um, you're here uh, with me in Melbourne and Sex and Law now is an Australian company, but you yeah. didn't start that way.
0: No, it didn't start that way. I put the, uh, the being here in Australia down to uh, my wife, who's from Melbourne. Right. Um, so the business was effectively restarted in, in, um, in, in Melbourne at the end of 2014, but it originated in the UK. And, and what be- were you doing there? Well, I've been working for Ashurst for about seven years in professional development. And before that, my background was in theatre, arts and practice. So I studied theatre at Manchester University. I then went to the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art RADA in London and I did stage management and theatre production. Mm. And in there as well was kind of retail operations and client experience management. And then all of that fused together really to form um, one of several businesses at the time. Um, One of those brands was CX and Law and with my co-workers, we'd also been focusing on the retail sector as well. Um, But CX and Law became the kind of predominant um, area of focus for us. Mm. And our first exercise to launch CX and Law was actually a mystery shopping campaign. So taking a retail technique, Mm. such as mystery diners and mystery shopping, and applying that directly into law. And because of some of our pedigree within law at the time, we were able to get that endorsed by the College of Law in the UK as well. Mm So we, we got a team together, got the gang together, and um, we, we posed as potential clients and we um, called and spoke to, um, I think it was about 100 firms in the UK at the time and, and asked ourselves how likely we would be, <laughs> given the fact that we might have a legal inquiry, how likely we would be to want to engage that law firm. What, what did you find out from there? Pretty shocking, actually, (laughs) (laughs) Um, considering that, you know, law firms are professional service providers. Um, In reality, I think the service reality we found was when when you make contact with a law firm for the first time, it's more, the, the, the kind of sound you hear is the sound of inconvenience. Right. Yeah. yeah. Why are you bothering me? Yeah, why are you bothering me? It's a right. sound really, of interruption. Exactly. I'm really busy. <laughs> I'm really busy right now. Can I get if, off the phone? Oh right. yeah, working with clients. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're, you're as likely to hear a phone being picked up, as is the case here in Australia as well, by the way, you know, with, with the phrase, what? <laughs> or, or, you know, if I was a lawyer, Carl White, yeah. that kind of thing. Right. As you, as you were very to... Very welcoming. Uh, yeah, very welcoming. <laughs> And and rarely would you have that nice professional tone, you know, and and that um, uh, useful first conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So the results were actually quite shocking. And I think one of the things we learned from that is just how far law firms... Um, have actually got to go to almost kind of reacquaint themselves with with customer service on one level. Were they ever acquainted with customer Uh, service? Well, you know,
1: as as customers themselves, (laughs) but they sort of don't seem to make that leap, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say that law firms have been terrible with client relationships throughout time. You know, I mean, clearly, you know, there are successful firms that require good, solid client relationships, but certainly in today's, environment the experience economy if you could call it that Mm. you know we're 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 more and more attuned to what great service is and and or is not and you know if it's great service we we understand how that feels how that looks how that sounds and we we want more of it so i think that's becoming increasingly important now for law firms to to really understand and square up to which is what they they really need to do and if they do i think it's Still a remarkable differentiator for them, just mm. you know, points of service, mm-hmm. because so few get it right, um, that, that that can actually be the one thing, obviously beyond the legal advice, that stands them apart in their, in their market space.
1: So you, so you brought the firm out here, your company out here in 2014, yep. set it up again. Mm. Um, so what's, what's your experience been like in relation to CX uh, in the Australian legal environment and the sort of stuff that, that you guys have been doing here?
0: Look, it's a great question and um, it's been on one level a very challenging few years developing the business Mm -hmm. Um, and we've really had to stay in it. We've really had to put our shoulder into it and lean into it Mm. Um, because and surprisingly in one way, you know, the whole concept of focusing on your clients, adopting the client's point of view, you know, customer service skills you know some of the remedial work around all of that those things are they still need to be advocated you know um and the the market law firms still need to be educated so really for the last kind of three or four years we've not just tried to clearly work with firms who want to do something Mm -hmm. we we've we've actually tried and have had to change the sector Mm. and and the mission is really that big It's, Mm. it's 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 as big as saying look Uh, clients and your customers deserve this level of service and as a firm if you get this right there's all sorts of wonderful benefits for you including you know your staff um, uh, you know your firm as a place to work Um, and uh, you know, attracting the right talent. There are so many benefits to this, but it's a big education piece.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I can't think of the number of, of lawyers that I know who would actually understand what the term CX or the initial <laughs> CX mean, right? So 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 few lawyers think in in those terms. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you once you once you've got a client who says, you know, what I, I I've heard of this stuff called CX. I've heard of this sort of this design process. Um, how do you actually then take them through, uh, their, you know, that journey to f- from whatever their level of service is to a better customer or client experience yeah. uh, as a result of that? What's what's that process look like?
0: Yeah, well, we, we've discovered along the way that there are kind of three components to the bigger journey a law firm might undertake. Um, it starts with really understanding the business case for it as a law firm mm-hmm. and mandating client experience as you know a, a component point of focus for the firm so there's there's a governance piece actually there's, there's a there's a there's a business case that needs to be formed and establishing that is really important the other component of it is um insight um so you know going with the idea that it's the client opinion that matters most <laughs> um we need to um see the world as they do and uh invite client feedback so that's often the starting point and that actually helps because you know if you're if you're gathering feedback if you're engaging the client in this co- broader conversation around the client experience then essentially you're, you're, you're gathering data that then allows you to build that business case and spark the conversation mm-hmm. and I think that's a really important starting point it's like how do you how do you as a firm begin the conversation with your team mm-hmm. um, there's various ways you can do that but if you're able to, Bring the client perspective into that conversation, then um, you will find your team sitting forward mm-hmm. if you do that well.
1: And, and where is that um, being driven from? Is it is it from the partners' office? Is do you find that there are the marketing or BD people who are saying we really need to change our approach? I mean, where do, where do you find the most traction for your your ideas?
0: That's also a fantastic question because I mean, where we found ourselves dealing with firms all ends of the market, uh-huh. and and actually within the last kind of. I would say eight or nine months, um, and only in the eight or nine months, last eight or nine months, we've seen mid-market firms really embracing this strategically. Right. Yeah. But, but you know, we, we we would work with some of the smallest firms as well, and, and new to us would be Solprax, too. Right, okay. Um, so really, so in answer to answer your question, it, it really depends. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, it can be the head of practice. Uh, it could be BD. It could even be HR. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just normally someone who the penny is dropped for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, right. And that might be, you know, the managing partner. It might be someone else. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, can you give us uh, an example of, of a firm yeah. or, or a prac or, or whoever that you've worked with where you can say, you know, that actually really improved their net promoter score or whatever it might be. You know, like the, at the end of the day, um, that works. You don't have to name names. So I'm just interested in in sort of, you know, signal experiences and examples of, of things that you've actually gone in and said, here's something that we've done that's
0: really changed the, the things for this, this firm. Sure, um, I can think of one Melbourne-based firm, um, multi-practice firm, so a lot of commercial work, but also some private practice work. Um, they actually started with uh, what I would describe as their point of sale. Okay. Let's call it what it is, it's, the first yeah. point of contact yeah. with prospective clients using retail terminology. Yeah, um, And they're a value pricing firm. Okay, So an interesting one to, to work with, um, with a different focus yeah. on how to engage clients. But they, they wanted to get a view on how well they were articulating that value pricing um, uh, benefit to their clients at first touch. So with them, we actually did run the the mystery client exercise okay. yeah. across mm-hmm. all of their teams. Yeah. And it was actually, again, for them, quite a provocative, um, quite provocative insight because mm. they realized that whilst they kind of intellectually understood value pricing, um, they weren't entirely able to kind of communicate that Mm. um and 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 in doing that you know uh uh, move a prospective client they would want to be engaged by along that process to becoming a client so we we got a baseline we discovered that only about one in ten of their prospective clients um would actually go ahead and Convert to a to a file if yep. you like. Yep. Profitable work, yep. um, and then through um, that insight and through bringing some some training and also some kind of client friendly process or client journey mapping yep. methodology to, to to what they were doing, we were able to upgrade that. So okay. now we're looking at about seven and ten of those those clients who are likely to want to progress so that represented about 20 above 20 percent increase in their their instructions right that's um, fantastic that's a period of time
1: yeah how long how long did that whole process take you
0: well they're a firm of about 100 people okay and it's interesting because when you do the when you do the the mystery client exercise and you feed that back and you have to do that really well, because mm. it can actually be quite... There's quite a little bit of shock and awe involved in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure, so you've got to you've got to bring some drama to that. Gonna, you, people get very anxious. Anxious, like, a lot you know, of, was it me? And yeah, so yeah. you've got to bring integrity. It's got to be constructive. There's also got to be some fun. And, you know, it's got to be well-facilitated. Yeah. But if you do that well, then you can actually see the, the immediate bounce in mm. instructions because yeah. of the awareness that it's brought about. Mm. Um, but then to embed that change, mm. it took about some seven or eight months i think in right. the end to actually see those changes right. coming through and and
1: is the main thing really just sort of like a a change in the emphasis of the of, of the Fiona's and and the the people who are doing the initial point of sale and all of the follow-up or yeah. are there sort of like significant changes in the processes that you're finding within firms or presumably you're going to say it depends but <laughs> but do you find them find that happening a lot
0: i i don't actually think it, it does depend i think what, what we've Discovered is it's certainly a mindset change. So, right. a service mindset yeah. is really important uh, to, to this. Um, and knowing that there is an inside story, you know, they're busy in affidavit mode, and then you know, you've yeah. got you've got a, a human being that's calling right. in yeah. or whatever the case right. might be, so whatever channels being used. Yeah. So, you change that hat. Yeah. So, there's some psychology there. There's some mindset work there, mm-hmm. and, and um, that is the change that you want to see. Uh, coming through at the start, but also the one you kind of want to leave this firm with in the end, right? Yeah, so yeah. This whole idea of plus and minus one—that that that's, you know we're all responsible um, uh, as as uh, can almost call the team games makers. You know, we're all games makers for the mm-hmm. for the service performance. Yeah. Um, there are there are plus ones we can we can add into the the day, or or, or minus ones around the service experience. So adopting that mindset is really important. Mm. But then absolutely. There's design thinking here. You know, you're thinking about the world, again, from the client's point of view, the human experience, the vulnerabilities even of a sophisticated client, you know, at the start of their their legal journey. Um, And then there's some design. So doing this by design rather than by accident. So what are the client friendly processes that we actually need to now um, uh, create or upgrade that's going to make it easier for them to do business with us, and at the same time, and this is really important, easier for us as operators to do what we've got to do easier, more efficiently, with and with more confidence and, and, and better results. So it's it's really important to spot the what's in it for me as a, as a as an operator as much as it is to uplift the external clients' experience. Those two things go hand in hand.
1: Yeah. One of the things I'm really interested in in chatting with you about is is this um, focus on design, and it's really become this kind of huge movement, right? The, the human-centered design um, started out really really small, but you see it in lots of different places. So you're, you're a pretty unusual um, version of that in in customer experience and and customer-focused design. There aren't many um, companies like yours yours out there, but lots of people are focused on design within an innovation framework, um, user experience. Um, some people do, do, specialize in you know user interface and those sorts of things. I was just wondering if you sort of see what you're doing as, as part of a kind of a larger trend within within law firms because I certainly can see lots and lots of firms that for the first time ever are sort of saying, oh, maybe we need to have designers in here and they don't really know what that means. You know, <laughs> no. Sometimes they sort of mean, oh, graphic design. I'm like, oh, I don't think you mean that. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of like, it's it's. I wonder if, if your clients are sort of starting to pick up on that interest in and that need for um, having a, a, a real uh, sense of design and thinking through things through rather than just doing it the way we've always done it
0: i I would absolutely agree with that i think for for law firms for practitioners it can actually it's quite an overwhelming environment to be Mm. in now because we are hearing you know legal tech technology innovation design thinking user design thinking all of those things so um there's there's a lot on one level to get your head around um, Mm. and um there's a bit of a hotbed, I think, in Australia. This is one of the reasons why it's so, excited, so exciting for work in the Australian legal sector at the moment because all of that is happening. Yeah, everyone's thinking about it. I don't everyone's think, thinking yeah. about it, yeah. um, which means on one level it can become a bit of an echo chamber. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the larger legal market uh, still, you know, may not be quite as acclimatised to this as we think they might be. Um, and, you know, our mission really is to make sure that as many law firms who really want to engage in, you know, thinking more about their client's experience and, 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 and using that as their firm's differentiator mm-hmm. um, can get to do that. And, and, you know, I think on one level, you know, obviously client experience fits absolutely with human design thinking and, uh, and so on, because it's, it's, it's all about empathy with your client. Yeah. Um, it's all about understanding your client better mm-hmm. um, and that being your start point, mm-hmm. Um, but equally, it's also about the internal focus. So, you know, what are the frustrations, the challenges and the opportunities of us as a team, of us as, as, as staff in, in bringing this service performance to life?
1: You are you the only um, firm company that that focuses on customer experience within the legal services market. I don't really know of any others. I'm sort of interested in what do you think is the future of of customer experience design within within the legal um, services marketplace.
0: I would say this wouldn't I, but I think it is the future. Right, Okay. <laughs> of, of, you have to say that. Uh, yeah, I would cont- have to say that. Contractually obliged <laughs> to do so. <laughs> but I. I I would kind of back that up because you know there, there's a recent report by LexisNexis nexus and cambridge university that said you know cx is a law firm's differentiator today yeah, yeah. um you know we're we're, we're we're talking about again even even if there's a sophisticated commercial client all of those clients are customers just like you you or i you know mm. we we've we bought the Domino's pizza the night before. We've, we 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 had the, the experience th- at Woolies. Uh, we had the experience these, at yeah, Woolies. Exactly. We we bought we our coffee yesterday. You yeah, know, exactly. so we really understand this now, and and we're bringing those expectations to law. Yeah. To our expectations of a legal service. Yeah. It's really about you know, increasingly care beyond the legal advice. It's right. about how we're concierge through the matter, knowing that, well, hopefully knowing that this firm has got the legal advice down right right absolutely We're not necessarily yeah. worried about that um so i think client experience is at the heart of the matter really yeah. for for law firms going forward and it's easy to be distracted this is one thing one reason why we we've stuck quite closely to cx and client experience rather than get too distracted in one way by design thinking yeah, and all the other things going issues. on yeah, because sure. In the middle of this is the client. And if we're not careful, we're going to get very um, excited by the latest technology. Mm. Um, But that's not the answer. Technology is just an enabler. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: It's funny, you know, you were talking about um, the the sort of the way in which the customer experience is is at the core of this just a, a quick um, anecdote that, that I had so so I have a I have a startup it, it deals with uh, conveyancing technology enabled but you know mm. pretty straightforward exactly what you'd think okay fine years ago when uh, I was talking to lawyers ab- about this before the rise of the smartphone uh, yeah. and you know all of the the sort of thing living on your phone um, the, the lawyers would say oh, there's no way that a, that a client would would um, engage in that you know that they want to sit opposite me and have you know know that that you know all of my gray hair is is hard-earned and this this you know that they can trust me and now you know I, i bank online i'm on the phone all the time all this sort of thing and and i think that you know there's a big difference now when you go and talk to uh, customers and potential customers and clients and potential clients and you say what's what's the nature of the experience that you want to have yeah. it's not really necessarily about um, talking to a, an old lawyer across a desk you know that's like well sure that could be good but yeah. but actually what i really care about is that i have my my needs met in a way that actually suits me because i'm paying for it which, right. which is sort of a very different kind of approach right do, yeah. you, do you still see that that sort of fairly old-fashioned thinking within within the australian legal profession around okay it's just you know the, the the ideal way in which we do things is is we just sit across a desk and and do that or or are firms more open to different ways of delivering uh legal services
0: in answer to that i, I would say that there's still very much a feeling of you know it's as, as a law firm it's what's most convenient to us right yeah as opposed we've always to done it this way and yeah this helps to me. our yeah. clients yeah. Um, you know as to whether or not you know a law firm or a lawyer would feel like it's you know it's always been about sitting across the desk from someone and then seeing my gray hair and so on. i'm not so sure on that but certainly it is about you know our convenience and and and, and um what will you know not inconvenience us as a, a as a firm and that that is changing and, mm. and absolutely needs to change mm. um and you're quite right to say you know that w- that we we want to engage with our service provider in, in any way that that um, is most accessible to us, you know, right. whether it be our smartphone, um, a chatbot, that phone call, or sitting across from the desk. Mm. Um, but again, for most of us, it is a people-focused business. Yeah, the yeah. practice of law. Sure. So rather like going to the high street and you know buying a man's shirt. You know, you, if you if you if you if you've gone to the effort of going into the store, yeah, then you don't want to have to you know go to the fitting room. Not have the right size. Get dressed. Go out. Find another shirt. Go back. Try that on. At the store doesn't fit. Go back out. Try yeah. another one. You want the the concierge experience, yeah. don't you? So yeah, you know it's it's how we how we look at multiple channels and get them right mm. from the human touch to the technological um, touch points as well. Yeah, um,
1: we try to be really practical in the in the podcast. So we we usually try to end uh, interviews. Uh, around you know, one sort of practical thing that that our listeners can can do uh, if a our listeners are, are running or involved in a law firm and and they say you know what I really want to get serious about about customer experience apart from giving you a call which Carl white CEO of, <laughs> of CX in law easy to find online um, but apart from giving you a call um, what what's the one thing that they can that they can sort of concretely go out and do I
0: actually think the first thing that they could try and do is Spark that conversation internally. I think that's a really good starting point. It's have the conversation with your most immediate team mm. around what it is we actually say we do, I and mean, use this as a topic for a team meeting. You mm. know, what's our What do we say about ourselves on the website, for instance? What's our service statement? Yeah. And actually have that engaged conversation around. Do we a sometimes, usually, always, or never type of team when it comes to this here yeah. this statement? Yeah. Mm. And you might be surprised at how engaging that conversation actually becomes for for them Mm. as well as bringing in this idea of all being customers and you know who might be role model Mm. that you've experienced um you know as a as a legal team right so starting the conversation that's that's what i'm saying here and if you then need to and you should add client insight to that then i would say that's Another important starting point. Mm. So, what do we know already? You know, what what do do we have conversion rates? Do we do we do we have some surveys and, and right. some insight coming through? Do we track any of that? Do kind we track of stuff? any yeah. of that? Yeah. Do we do we have um, you know? Do we know what, how we're tracking with billing and and, yeah. uh, and so on and so forth? So, try and pull in some some information mm. that also kind of reinforces the conversation. Mm. And then I would say this again, but get help because. <laughs> You know, this is actually an outside-in focus. Yeah. And it's so easy to become quite myopic, really, Mm -hmm. as a firm. And and there are new tools and templates and expertise that are required, and and it's important to to get the support that you need.
1: Fantastic. Um, Very useful, and thanks so much.
0: Thanks for having me, Dan.
1: Thank you for listening to the Future Law Podcast. For links to the articles mentioned and to contact the hosts, visit futurelawpodcast.com.